Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of Faith and Family. We're going to explore potential consequences of the world's reaction to Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. And we're going to conclude in even showing how this could affect your family and families throughout the country. And in order to do this, we're going to examine a familiar biblical passage, or at least the imagery from the passage, those four horsemen of the apocalypse described in Revelation chapter 6. As you know, the NATO nations uh, in Europe and the U.S. and very much of the rest of the world are implementing various forms of retaliation against Russia, and even formerly neutral nations like Sweden is usually out of this type of action. They're in it, and Switzerland, which is always neutral, is also into the retaliation at some point. So, One U.S. leader I heard of wants to assassinate uh, President Putin, and others want to start U.S. bombing raids inside the Ukraine. It's my belief, could be wrong, that Western nations are being led into a wider and more serious conflict that could result in a third world war unless a truly Christian peacekeeping effort is adopted. And We do live in a nuclear age, and just since we've been blessed with no nuclear bombs used in warfare since 1945, we assume, well, it will always be that way, won't it? And we never know. And I think we're living in a day which is really dangerous in the sense that we're facing off two nuclear powers multiple nuclear powers, particularly the U.S. and Russia, seem to be growing in hostility. Matthew 5, 9 should be a verse that, as Christians, we should remember when we enter into the political and international relations area. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. There's an irony that I've noticed over the past few years that often committed Christians, both Protestants and Catholics, are frequently among those most favoring involvement in various foreign wars. I think they see that as part of their patriotism, and obviously you always defend your nation. You always want a strong national defense, but I'm talking about wars over there, so to speak. Um, Are we a little too quick as Christians to assume part of our patriotic allegiance includes enthusiasm for such wars? And I think we should be very cautious about this, and I'm trying to build a case for that using Revelation chapter 6. We're just going to take a brief survey of Revelation chapter 6. Before we turn to the actual text in Revelation 6, there's an important key to the entire book of Revelation we need to be aware of, and it's this. The book of Revelation uses more Old Testament references or allusions to Old Testament passages more than any other New Testament book. 
So the reason a lot of people come to Revelation and say, this, this is just out of my league, because what are these strange images that I'm reading about? Well, almost all of those images come from one or more places in the Old Testament. And if you go and investigate the Old Testament, you can understand those images. So when we talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Revelation 6, I'm just going to give you a few of the key passages from the Old Testament that St. John is, is basically taking and looking through the lens of now the new covenant and giving us the revelation. Uh, Zechariah chapter 6 in the Old Testament has four chariots, but it also, the chariots have four horses, and the horses come in various colors. And that's why we have the different colors of the horses in the four horses of the apocalypse, four horsemen of the apocalypse. A key to the book of Revelation is the whole book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is greatly influencing St. John, and in this chapter, Revelation 6, Ezekiel chapters 5 and especially chapter 14 are predominant here, and we'll see how. And then there's Leviticus 26 as one of the several passages in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, that speaks of the four judgments. And what's happening with the four horsemen each horseman represents one of these classic four judgments that God warned about in the Old Testament that would come about when people disobeyed his law. Now, there are three things we need to grasp before we dig into these because sometimes we get all excited about war, unfortunately, um, that's the nature of our country, and sometimes the media can get us really excited, and all I'm trying to do is give a soberness to the decisions we make. And so three things to grasp about the four horsemen is that what we're about to read, everyone is impacted by these four judgments that come on the nation or come on the world. It's basically designed to punish the wicked, but also simultaneously refine the faith of the righteous. And in the Old Testament, the judgments mentioned in Ezekiel applied to both Israel and the surrounding nations. And now in the New Testament era, Christians are not exempt from these things. We're going to read about food price inflation, real radical food price inflation. Okay, if that happens and you go to your local market, there's not going to be a checkout aisle for Christians and another checkout aisle for non-Christians. You're both going to be impacted the same. Okay, so everyone's impacted. Number two, there's a close interconnectedness between the four horsemen. Uh, the first couple of horsemen relate to starting war, but the other judgments that follow are connected like a chain of events. And a lot of times it's very difficult to foresee the implications of a war. I have been told, and I, I like reading about the Civil War, that hardly anyone 
as the Civil War began, had any idea of the level of violence and destruction that would come from the Civil War. They thought it was going to be a short affair. Some people thought it would just last a couple of weeks. And it's very difficult once war starts to say, oh, we're going to just contain it within these bounds and we only expect this to happen if we do this act. And that's not the case. It can expand. And that's what this chapter is telling us about, that once the war starts, there's not just one horseman, there's four. And then third, the four horsemen's judgments that we read about in Revelation 6, there are different ways of viewing this, and I'm trying to summarize real quickly how to view this, but when it comes to passages in the book of Revelation, there's one school of thought, theological school of thought, which would say, oh, this applies to something yet in the future. And another school of thought say, no, this is all stuff that happened in the first century. And maybe a third school of thought would say, no, this can happen in any century. And my view is they're all right, but they so very often want to exclude one of the other two views. Uh, This definitely applied, at least partially, for the first century of the Christian era. Uh, These judgments can occur in any century, in any nation, or any part of the world. And finally, these four judgments will intensify during the times immediately leading up to the second coming of Christ. So everyone's impacted. There's an interconnectedness. Once it starts, there's other things that are going to follow. And then third, it applies to all times what can happen from these four horsemen of the apocalypse. So let's see how this starts. In chapter six, it says, when the lamb opened one of the seven seals, I heard one of the four living creatures say, as with a voice of thunder, come. And I saw and behold a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Interpreters only really debate, seriously, the first horse. Uh, Because it's white, you know, if you're my age and you watch the old black and white cowboy movies, it was real easy to tell the good guys from the bad guys. Good guys wore white hats, bad guys wore black hats. And because this is white, Some interpreters say, well, no, this refers to Christ, and I think it would be wise to look at, no, it's just that this is a a dramatic picture of a conquering force. It's a war, uh, you would say a great general or something like that, and this is the generic introduction to war the four horsemen of the apocalypse, so to speak, are summarized within this first horse. It's going to be an extensive war situation, okay? Then we go to the second horse, and that's verses three and four of Revelation 6. This one I find very important. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come, And out came another horse, bright red, and its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that men should slay one another, and he was given 
a great sword. A number of things here. Of course, the red horse and the sword means bloodshed, uh, killing, and that's what happens in war once the conflict starts. But it's interesting. It says its rider was permitted. You know, there's some, there's a, I'm just going to say a kind of a screwball expression, but there's a screw loose in human beings. And that's a very non-theological way of saying original sin really messed us up in our relations to one another. Apart from the grace of God, apart from the restraining grace of God, there'd be nothing but warfare always, all the time, among all peoples. And you say, well, with the coming of Christ, there's supposed to be peace. There was and is. There is a great restraint on it. So even with all the war we see today, the fact that we have peace, at least spells of peace, is due to the grace of God. And it says here, the horse was permitted. In other words, God allows us to go our way. Now, why judgment comes, and these are judgments coming on the world, and remember, it affects everyone. Well, what's the judgment? God allows us to go our way. And then a part of that, you might say, it's just so I can do my thing and sin and think I'm fine about it. Well, there are consequences as well in that he restrains his grace from the world, and the result, it's permitted to take peace from the earth. And then this horse, again, we're on the red horse, and he was given a great sword. The prefix to that word sword is mega. And you know what that is, giant, big, gigantic. It's a mega blowout sale or whatever. Well, this is a mega sword, a mega sword. Now, that can mean like just a great army with a lot of swords or guns or cannons or whatever. But I have to realize that at some point in history, and remember, this is first century, this can happen in any century, and it will intensify in the final century before Christ returns. What would be a mega sword in the 21st century? It would be nuclear weapons. Think of that, okay? All right, I need to mention that we're having our contest in the Ukraine and a lot of involvement, uh, a lot of pushback against Putin and the Russians, but Putin's warning to the world, to the United States, to the West, quote, to anyone who would consider interfering from the outside, if you do, you will face consequences greater than any you have faced in history, unquote. And I just went to a bunch of news sites early this morning, and uh, in the biggest headlines were warnings about nuclear war becoming more and more possible. And I'm just saying, when we take action, we should keep in mind that once war starts, it's very seldom confined within the boundaries expected of it. And the trouble with having nuclear arms in the world is that once that starts, I don't know how you put it back in. Um, it's just beyond my comprehension what that would be like. But again, we are warned by the person who are providing 
uh, Stinger missiles against and thinking giving fighter jets against and um, billions of dollars in arms and everything else just to anyone who would consider interfering from the outside. If you do, you will face consequences greater than any you have faced in history. Just something to remember. All right, let's look at the third horse, and that starts in Revelation 6, verses 5 and 6. And he opened the third seal, and I heard the third living creature say, Come, and I saw, and behold, a black horse. We know this one's bad. And its rider had a balance in his hand, and I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarters of barley for a denarius, but do not harm oil and wine. All right, let's try to translate this to a language we can understand today. Uh, this third seal, the third living creature, and this third horse, this black horse, represents food shortages to a painful degree. By food shortages, I'm not talking about, oh, say like during the uh, beginning of the coronavirus, remember you would go to the supermarket and there'd be certain sections you were shocked, at least I was shocked to see kind of everything cleaned out. But on the same token, there were aisles and aisles and aisles of food. Nobody had to starve to death. Uh, but you just couldn't buy the things maybe you wanted to buy. Well, this isn't talking about a situation like that. It's talking about something far more severe. Um, in Revelation 6, when it says the uh, denarius for simply a quart of wheat, what it's saying is, is your average salary for a day's work, 100% of your salary would go for one day's food. In other words, the food prices would be so high because of the scarcity of food. For instance, like right now in Ukraine, one of the bread baskets along with Russia, the bread baskets of the world for wheat, they're not planting wheat, okay? They're fighting a war. And what this is saying is that food prices could rise eight to 16 times higher than normal. Now, we've come home from the market and thinking, wow, what's happened? You know, there's like a 15% increase in food prices in your total bill, and maybe some things like meat have actually increased even more than 15%. Well, try a thousand percent or more. This is really serious. So your entire salary is required to buy food. That means no utilities, no rent or mortgage, uh, no gas, no tuition, no insurance, no Netflix, no internet service, no money left over. This is very serious. And even as this progresses, because we're going to see in the fourth horse, um, it's not just high prices for food, but famine. And in other words, people are actually starving to death as a result of war's destructiveness, messing up 
supply chains, making things uh, scarce. And what do we have going on now? Now, long before the Ukraine conflict, uh, the United States has government has spent more money it didn't have to go into debt than any nation in the history of mankind. It was unprecedented. Now, when you increase the money supply, the value of the dollar becomes worth less and less as the volume of money increases. And so I just read, I keep my eye on agricultural stuff. I have a slight interest in that type of thing in horticulture. The cost of fertilizer for farmers between November 2020 and November 2021, the cost tripled, tripled. And this was before the Ukraine conflict. And I don't know if you're aware, but between Russia and China, who are the major exporters of certain absolutely necessary components to fertilizer, have banned their export. And so there's going to be fertilizer shortages and skyrocketing prices for fertilizer. And my guess, those tr already tripled fertilizer prices for the farmers haven't really hit the markets yet, and they're going to go considerably higher, the fertilizer prices. And you know, as we go down the line, the cost of food is going to get more and more and more like this black horse in Revelation chapter 6. So this is really serious stuff. Um, the cost of everything, again, was rising dramatically before the war started, and then we have the war itself causing these things. And then finally, the fourth horse, the pale horse. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come, and I saw a pale horse and its rider's name with death and Hades followed him. And they were given great power over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine and with pestilence and by wild beast of the earth. And here you have this combination of judgments that I mentioned from Leviticus. These four judgments are also in Deuteronomy. They're also repeated by the prophets of the Old Testament, and they're also mentioned in the New Testament right here in Revelation chapter 6. And just kind of unimaginable, but it's talking about death rates that would approximate one quarter of mankind. And in our world, that would be around 2 billion people. See why I'm sober <laughs> as we look at these things. These are not adventures or an opportunity to kind of get back. We need a measured response in what we do or what we don't do. And then finally, it says there are wild beasts. Now, what does this mean? It's, is God's going to let lions and tigers roam around and kill people? No. When a war starts, particularly a conquering wicked nation, the soldiers can easily turn into wild beasts instead of normal humans. Um, you know, you should, at least a Christian warrior should respect innocent civilians, non-combatants, especially women and children, and that can um, 
be all taken away. And this reference to wild beast, you can look back to Ezekiel 5, and we have this said in 5 verse 7, I will send famine and wild beast among you, and they will rob you of your children. And Leviticus 26, remember I told you these were the four judgments are found, and I will let loose wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children. And that can mean killing children, which is about as cruel, hard-hearted act as anyone could do. That's what happens when men turn into wild beasts. That can happen. Or even the children just taken away by a foreign enemy. If you are of a strong internal um, constitution, go to Amazon Prime for $1.99 and watch the movie Alini, E-L-E-N-I, and see how the wild beasts could rob people of their children. It's very sobering. So if I would go in front of the Walmart here in Greenville, and since there's so many Christians here in Greenville, and Christians tend to very easily support foreign involvement in various wars, and I would say, uh, are you in favor of giving uh, planes for Ukraine to defend itself? And I'd probably get a lot of yeses, probably. And you know, there's a fighter jet checkers game going on that Poland wants to give its MiG fighter planes to Germany. So Germany can release those into Ukraine. And then the US will give its used F-16s to Poland. And so you have Poland, Germany, and the United States giving planes to attack the Ukraine, the Russians in the Ukraine. And many people would say, yeah, let's, let's give them the planes. Go, go get them. Now, the interesting thing, the F-16s that Poland would be given are basically refurbished right here in Greenville. And Russia has promised, and they have missiles pointed at every military installation and places that produce military goods. That would mean that Greenville, who refurbishes these F-16s for foreign governments, could have a nuclear bomb directly targeted at us. And my only question to the folks in front of Walmart would it be worth that? Or would you perhaps want to look at ways of resuming negotiations and seeking a peace? That's my word for today. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 379 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.